If you're an average player, you want to be left alone, right? Because you want to be able to slide by. If you're a good player, you want to be coached. If you're a great player, you want to coach and tell you the truth every day. Did I hustle on that play? Did I make the right read? Did I play the guy with the right leverage? You want to know every play. Because you know why? They want to be perfect. Everybody here makes a choice to do one of those three things. Welcome to the GOAT Consulting Podcast, a podcast dedicated to people striving to be a GOAT, the greatest of all time, serving it up in a way that you can get it in all stages of life. Hey, I'm Colby Jubinville, and welcome to another episode of the GOAT Consulting Podcast right here in Pod Studio One, and with me who now adds a clothing line with new hats, new shirts, new jackets, New he, deals. Just closed keep, a deal on the way over here. He's keeping them all to himself, too. I the, like that. The, yeah, didn't bring us one. The CEO <laughs> and founder of the GOAT family of brands, my good friend, Tyler Burnett, of baseball, MTSU baseball lore. At least that's what they call him at the playground. At the playground. <laughs> the turf. Playground. On the turf. And and to my left, as always, the calming force drove in from Brentwood, Tennessee. He's got a new shirt on us, a new shirt for us today. 2020, bless your heart. Uh, John, John Byers, welcome back. Here we're, we are. We're glad you're here. The good calming force is a great name for him. The calming force, that's, well, that's what he does for me. You when are. Things, when things are you're good at that. Yeah, calm, it. cool, and collected. Always. Composure. Professional calmness. We've we got are. a great show for you today. Excited. We've got a great show for you today. The show is around this idea. It's a very simple idea, and it's called the coaching revolution. Hmm. And we'll set the stage by saying the coaching revolution commands that you either are a coach you have a coach, or you don't want to be coached. And what it says is if you don't want to be coached, especially in 2020, you're going to be left behind. Now, I know that you said, I want to be both, right? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I want to be a coach, and I, I, I need want... a coach to help me be a better coach. There you go. I love it. And so he's already subscribing to drinking the Kool-Aid. I think a lot yeah. of that's got goes back to sports, too, though. And we'll you know, get you there. Understand that you, you understand that you need to be coached because they be can coached. only make you better. Goats get coached. And before we get there, let's talk about the things that make this show what it is. The first part is standing right in front of you, sitting right in front of you, the big bottle of syrup that makes it all sticky. From Waffle House, we serve it up in a way that you can get it. That's important for us. What does that mean? We serve it up in a way that you can get it. We take the complex and make it simple. We take ideas that are messy, and we don't put them in a bento box and just clean them up and put them in the corner. Mm -hmm. We try to unpack them. And talk about Let's how talk they about it. and talk about how it impacts our life. You know, another big frame for us is the goat, and that comes straight out of the creative mind of the guy to the right. The kids do call him at the playground; they call him Tyler. But the goat, it's uh, it's a great concept. And you know, when we originally started thinking about putting this show together, we, we focused on serving it up. But the goat really ties it all together, right? Mm -hmm. And the goat is somebody in sports. You know him. They throw the touchdowns. They make the shot. They want the ball in their hand at the end of the game. They're recognized for their greatness, but the way that they elevate other people as well. Mm -hmm. But in business, they're people that compete on perspective, education, experience. What they do gives them energy. It gives other people energy. It creates new levels of challenge and new levels of opportunity. That's what makes up a goat in business. And part of what we hope you do in your 20s or your 30s or your 40s, or your 50s, or all stages of life, we hope that you ask yourself, what is it that you really want? And then you go get it and do it. Yeah. So those are the three things that drive us all today. we got a cool show today. Yeah. The show today is around the coaching revolution, and it's based on that simple idea. 
And I've got, know. I've got a goat ready, mm. ready to Let's launch. Here. I was going to say, I need a moment of silence. He's been talking. He's been talking about this all week. Well, I just before you, I'm going to jump in real quick and just say, my goat is is him today. Oh, calls me wow. midweek, midweek, and says that he's already closed his, his first six figure deal. Hmm. And then calls me on the way down you here. Can't do that in 2020. <laughs> That's <laughs> not allowed. No. <laughs> and then calls me on the way down here. Says I'm, I'm going to be five minutes five minutes late. And I said, Well, you better have another six figure deal by the time you get here. <laughs> sure and he's enough. close. It's pretty close. So that's my go. So um, I read an article probably eight years ago, and it's about a guy named named Dave Brailsford. And neither of you probably have heard of him. I would not have heard of him had I not read this article. But he's a cycling coach. Yeah. And he took over years back uh, the cycling team in uh, Britain. And a British cycling coach. And he had one idea. I want to train this team to win the Tour de France in five years. And I don't think they had ever won it at this point. And so he was like a huge deal. No one had ever stepped out, been that bold in the cycling world to take a team, never won it to five, to, to be champs in five years. And he coined a phrase with them that I think single-handedly makes him the GOAT. And he said he calls it the aggregation of marginal gains. Hmm. And it's the idea that if we focus on getting 1% better in all areas, at the end of a time frame, we will have elevated ourselves and those around us exponentially. In mm. fact, he even brings it down. James Clear wrote a book, Atomic Habits, a great book. Mm. Uh, talks You're just about full of, of the books today. Here we go. James Clear says at the beginning of a year, you get 1% better every day. At the end of the year, you'll be 37 times better. And here's how Brailsford did it with the... British cycling team. It, 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 all the things you would expect a coach would do, right? Mm-hmm. And he, they, they tailored their bikes better. They what they wore. In basketball, you've got Wooden that says, "Here's the right way you put your socks on." Like think that in mm-hmm. cycling. But he even takes it to another level. He says, "We're going to sleep on this particular type of pillow. Mm-hmm. We're going to use the this, this. We're going to use this kind of of massage gel gel to help our bodies get better quicker." Recover quicker. What he section says, of the bookstore is this in? He says, "Here's the here's the way we're going to wash our hands so that we, which certainly would have been helpful at the top of this year, right? <laughs> so that we stop, we spread less germs. Like this guy, one percent better. Shirt. He even painted the inside of the vans white because in the in the tour you get followed by a white vans so they could see the dust particles more easily so that they know how to get them off the bike. Like that's how meticulous this guy was. Mm-hmm. So I'm going on way too long. He was wrong in that they didn't win the tour in five years. It only took three, and he's a goat. Aggregation of marginal gains. You win a little bit. You improve a little bit in little. Little smaller areas, one percent gains, incremental change, or a giant win at the end of the day. The van, the pillow, the, the hand gel, washing. Yeah. the hand washing, incremental gains. It yeah. sounds like that's way Little way things. way after the uh, low hanging fruit too. I mean, those things are not low hanging fruit necessarily. Well, then I'm gonna put I'm gonna put something on you that's gonna let you know that I believe in that, and I think we're gonna get a little bit better today. All right. I don't think what we have going on here is a podcast. Oh, what have I been doing all this time? I think what we have is a quick cast, a quicker cast. It's most podcasts. How long are they? Uh, An hour. And and what what time do what time do you start to shut down? How many minutes into it? Yeah, probably about minute six (laughs) thirty (laughs) one. 
25. The average, the average it tapers <laughs> hard after six minutes. I do have to the, say. The average attention span of every child is about 11 minutes, and adults are exactly half of that. Mm. Right? So I think we have what we call here and what I think we tell other people and that our audience get to know is that we offer a quick cast, a quicker cast. And the way that I came up with that is, uh, as you all know, uh, I work out daily and I have a personal trainer. God, you look good. I look good, especially in <laughs> Especially in no, especially in pullovers. Yeah, you remember oh, that. Man, but but uh, Jordan uh, Williams, my personal trainer, he said, "You know what I love the most about your uh, y'all's podcast?" And I said, "What's that?" And he said, "You know, it, it's a card ride, card ride to work, car ride to mm. work, and a car ride home." I can listen to the whole thing. Yeah, and it's like twenty four to twenty six minutes. It, it's a quick cast, quicker quick cast. cast. I yeah. like it. Cool. I may yeah. be able to adopt that a little bit better. Yeah, a little bit better. So. That's that's a great takeaway. The the aggregate, say it again because I'm I'm warming up here. The aggregation of marginal gains. The aggregation of marginal gains is a great concept to use in your business, mm-hmm. to use in how we educate other people, to use in how you do a sales presentation. Yep. You could take that idea and apply it across any type of coaching that you do with other 100%. people. And then that's what makes the goats goats, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's Tom, it's Tom Brady. Saying, you know, I don't lift weights, I do resistance. It's those little, and that's probably that may be a little bit bigger than a than what's seemingly insignificant, but all these things, seemingly insignificant gains, take people from good to great, from average to goats. Ooh. Like you, what do you like Herschel Walker? What did he say? He did like five hundred push ups a day and yeah. five hundred pull ups Th- a day. Those were just straight up gains. <laughs> Back in the old school, there was no, there was nothing incremental about that. I'm no. doing 500 push-ups today. I'm doing 500 push-ups <laughs> tomorrow. Right. I'm gonna do a yeah. thousand the next day. It's a super goat. You know, we live in a different world today. A different world than Herschel Walker. It's a different world in so many different ways. The world is is more blurry. The world is more um, distracted. The world is more complex. Um, and and all those things make us say, how can we focus on what it is that we need to achieve? Right. And and that happens in our career, too. In our careers, what we say that we want in our 20s versus what we want in our 30s when we move up and our 40s when we try to stay in because those 30 year olds just keep getting better. It changes over time, too. And I think one of the the reasons that I believe and that, that we believe that there's this coaching revolution that's going on and that does happen incrementally is that. At some point in our careers we get to this point where we don't see any more incremental gains. Hmm. At some point, we get to a ceiling. Maybe where we get satisfied? We get, for multiple reasons. We can't see through it. And, and that's different than in sports, right? In sports, we don't, we're never satisfied. Because why? What's the difference between sport and business? You in always sport, got somebody pushing you. That's right. Whether Hard-wired. it's a competitor or a coach there or you go. whatever the case may be. Into the process is a coach that's built in, I don't care if it's individual sports, I don't care if it's team sports. No matter the sport, I don't care if it's extreme sports. No matter the sport, we've got somebody coaching us. So this idea that, and I'm going to say it, and you tell me what what you think at the end, we're all taught that we rise to our highest level of what? Potential. Potential. And that's true if we're in the sports setting. But it's not true in careers. What happens in careers is we all rise to our highest level of incompetence. Mm. And that's called the Peter Principle. 
what you decided to do when you decided to reinvent yourself out of where you were working at the North American Auto Manufacturing <laughs> Company in could, North America. Could be in Canada. <laughs> could be in Canada. Let's just get yeah, that North straight America. for the record. <laughs> Which you, is in North you, America. You, you, by still, the way. you still abuse me for that. <laughs> it, it is is something that I think very few people are willing to do, which is to take the risk to reinvent themselves. Mm-hmm. So, so you had something hardwired that transitioned out of your experience in in sport that pushed you mm-hmm. internally to say there's something better. And so that's actually a phenomenon that happens in business, and it's called or different, or what you want, or aligned to who you're supposed to be. Yeah. And and that phenomenon is called the Peter Principle. Mm-hmm. And when I thought about the coaching revolution for the topic for today, you always ask yourself, what's the big picture idea, what's the concept, and what problem does it solve? And I think that the coaching revolution solves the problem of the Peter Principle. At some point, we'll all rise to our highest level of competence. What, what helps you break through that? I think the only thing that can help you break through that is coaching. Now, we live in a world that's so different than 20 years ago. If you want to coach yourself today, you can. Well, let's, mm-hmm. And let's talk about that because one of the things that came up in the, the thought of the coaching revolution in this podcast is how has it evolved? How has coaching evolved today from yeah. 20 years ago? Because it is different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You got things like Google Sheets where you don't have to be together and you can see you updating stuff. <laughs> That's you, a shot at me, by the way. You got? No, it's not. Yeah, it is. No, it isn't. I know that you think that I don't use it well, and, and I, it's a it's a it's a great example. You don't know how to use of, the Google. Of, of, <laughs> <laughs> it's a great example of thirties to forties. Yeah. See, he says, "Why don't you do not email me that? Put it on Google Sheets." And it, I can't do it. You don't know how to use the Google. No, I don't know how to use the Google. I think he needs a little coaching. You know? I do. <laughs> I've said that. So I, I'm reading uh, you. Poke at me again because I, I think I mentioned this earlier. I'm, I'm also I'm reading this other book called um, Leading Without Authority, and it doesn't specifically hone in on coaching, but I think it applies to this evolution of coaching and where it is today versus 20 years ago. And one of the concepts in this book is: look, it doesn't matter what your title is, it doesn't matter what level of authority you have. Leadership coaching is everyone's responsibility to receive it and to give it. It's everyone's responsibility. You got to we have to step out of our lanes. The the new work rule is not stay in your lane, you know, reach your highest level of whatever title we've given you. Mm-hmm. Step out of your lane, add value, coach others, be coached. That's how it's different today in the workforce than it's ever been. And well, I think a good leader does that. Yeah. I think you know, like being a being the owner or the CEO or whatever you want to call it. It's my role to make sure that I'm open to that with inside my organization too. And we had a conversation about this last week in our Friday meeting. Like, if it doesn't happen, it's just as much your fault as it is mine on different things. But mm. tell me, show me, lead me too. I want to yeah. lead you too, but I want to be able to receive from you too. This is, we're all in this thing together. Well, and, I, I, and don't miss what you just said because that was really key and you kind of just zoom past there. But I think I was thinking the same thing. I mean, how critical is it for us? And you just said you did this, Tyler, or do this, Tyler, to go to our teams and say, hey, coach me here. I mean, where am I missing? I mean, I'm not naive enough to know I don't have blind spots, but reaching out to the team for that coaching yeah. that, that quote unquote may 
report to you or be mm-hmm. your staff or whatever yeah. it is that you hired them, right? Well, yeah. Well, it that's rem- what I tell them all the time. I hired you for that, mm. right? That's where you're so powerful and I'm not. I'm not the best equipment operator. Right. I don't understand how he can get more efficient. I can watch it and have ideas. Yeah. But he knows the equipment better than I do. He, well, he knows the trucks better than I do. Well, what, what do you need? So I, I was walking out of your place from, from us doing some stuff a couple of weeks ago, and and I remember you talking about um, having hard conversations with employees mm-hmm. and really addressing that. And I think it speaks to what, what he's talking about in terms of believing and coaching. And, and remind me that conversation that you had about the difference between being um, – yeah, we kind of hit on it a podcast a, a while back, but I think a, a good leader, a good manager, yeah, can can fire and let go and try to bring somebody else in. And I think a, an excellent or a goat leader or a, um, a goat owner can can take what that person brings to the table, that value they have, and expose it and coach them into believing that that's their value within the organization and where they're powerful and get them in the right role. And Steve Jobs said it like this. He said, look, we don't hire smart people to tell them what to do. We hire smart people so they can tell us what to do. I think that's the hardest thing. This that's goes, a goat leader. This goes back to the coaching revolution, yeah. obviously, is that you have to truly believe that because if you don't, you're always going to keep your people bottled up. Yeah. You're always going to keep your And you're team not going to get the best out of them. 100%. And that's I had an interview last night, and that's the, one of the things I said is I, I want I want you to come in here, and I want you to do what you do best and make it elevate everybody. Because if you don't bring what you do really well to this team and make everybody better, it doesn't make sense for me to hire you. So, so you hired somebody else? Well, I haven't yet. No, we're still working through it. But yes, I need to hire 12th. two people. So about a, almost two years ago now, I started interviewing. Um, I was planning on doing an Ironman, which I did last year. So I was interviewing coaches because we need a coach, whatever we want to be great at, or mm-hmm. finish, accomplish goals, whatever, right? So I hired a, a, my friend, Scott Follin, who's a friend today, and he is a rock star in the industry. And um, one of the most impactful things he said to me, and it changed my life, and not only the, 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 what I hired him to do, mm-hmm. but in all my relationships. And I, I'll never forget, we're talking, we're talking about the race day Ironman, which was going to spend about six hours on the bike portion. And he said it like this. He said, listen, if you ever feel like while you're on the bike that you're going just right, you need to slow down. And it flipped my world because every race, competition, sporting event, relationship, business, everything I've ever done, I want to be the fastest, go fast, get there the quickest, right? Yeah. And it changed the game, and it made me think in my, in my relationship with my my wife and my kids and any relationship, here's how I put it. We've got to, for me, I've got to go at the speed of love and relationships. And that's not the fastest. That's not where I am. And so, again, a little bit deeper than this bike conversation, right? But if you think you're going the right speed, slow down to be in relationship and connect. And that's where the best coaching comes in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I think part of understanding the the coaching revolution concept is understanding what makes up a great coach. And and I think there's a few things that make up a great coach. The very mm-hmm. first thing is is that the person and you've got to communicate to them that you care about them. That you care about them. I think that's mm-hmm. more than anything. 
That's number one. And, and then well, the better the relationship, the more you can have those tough conversations. Yeah. And they understand that you're not getting onto them or you're not, you know, demeaning them. You're, it's you're the trying to pull of love, more out of right? them. Right. Yeah. Whether it's in your family or business. I mean, that's what it is. I think the second thing is, is that they've got to know that you know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. If you don't believe that that leader, that coach is competent, then you're not going to trust them to do mm-hmm. what it is that needs to be done. One of the things that is, is a core piece to the idea of the coaching revolution is that you can only develop people as far as they trust you, mm-hmm. as far as they trust you. And so if you're sitting there today and you're listening to this podcast and you're saying, I understand this coaching revolution idea, and I know that I either want to – I am a coach, I want to be coached, or, and I know if I don't, I'll be left behind, or maybe you're going to be both – it starts first with you building that trusting relationship, knowing that they care, that you care about them, and, and then also bringing the mastery of the knowledge. Mm-hmm. They they got to know that you can and that you're competent in the in the moment to make the right decision to make it happen. And the, and the third, I think, and and probably the most important is you've got to be able to sit in that moment, and you got to be able to make that decision. Uh, one of the greatest things that that I realized about my time in playing for Coach Raniger at Millsaps is he was tough on me. Have mm-hmm. I t- have I told that story or not? Oh my gosh! I ha- I'm not going to. Have I? Have I said it yet? The the I think you did. Oh yeah, okay, I did. Off the mountain at Swanee. Yeah, the mountain the mountain story at Go back and listen. Tell your friends. Yeah, and your a, lovers. It's a great story. We lost, and he blamed me for the loss. That's, let's just make it short and simple. The coaching revolution right there. And, and so here's what I figured out after thinking about it, after listening to that podcast is that he was coaching through me to get to other people. Mm -hmm. Mm, Talk more about that. That's a skill set. Well, he knew I'd take it. He knew that in that moment that he could blame that loss on me, Corey, and that I'd take it. But he was saying it to really to everybody. And one of the greatest skill sets of coaches is the ability to look at the team and know who and what they can coach through other people. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and go with my goat for this segment, and it's going to be my dad. Yeah. And uh, he was one that talked about a good manager and a great manager to me mm-hmm. a lot. That's right. When I was at that North American plant. <laughs> but, I, you know, one of, the big, one, of the, one of the things that we've talked about you know, it seems like every day when we're together is that he taught me a lot of people, some halfway plan and then they do, but they don't check how they did their performance. And that's the biggest thing me and him always talk about is what's the plan? What are you going to do to achieve the plan? And then that's where most people stop, but check to see if it worked. Yeah. Good, bad, and different. Mm-hmm. How was it? And then act accordingly. So that PDCA cycle, the plan, do, check, act, that's how my mind thinks constantly in business, constantly with my team, constantly with my relationships, everything. You know, have a plan. Like we talked, me and you set a plan, right, mm-hmm. for this year. And it was just what I can bring off the top of my head was financials. Yeah. But the plan was to do this. Incremental growth. How are we going to do it? Well, we have to have provide infrastructure. We got to do this. Yeah. But then if you don't check to see if it worked, how do you know if you should keep doing it or if you should change and do something yeah. different? So in some goals, it's daily, hourly, the weekly, monthly, yearly, quarterly, whatever it is. But 
the biggest thing that I learned in the coaching revolution that's really helped me grow and be a better leader has been the PDCI cycle. And my dad has really instilled that in me uh, throughout my, really throughout my life. And, and that, that, that cycle goes back to the concept that you brought to the table. Educate the, educate the listener one more time. The, the aggregation. The aggregation of marginal gains. Of marginal gains. Incremental growth. Little by little. Yep. Learn how to coach through other people. Mm-hmm. That's a great concept. Mm-hmm. If you know that you got you got to coach the team, there's certain people that you can coach, and there's others that can't take it in the way that they can. That's what it finally hit me when I started thinking about that. You are a coach. You have a coach, or you don't want to be coached. Right. That's good. And if you don't want to be coached, you're going to be left behind. It starts first with the qualities of what makes up a great coach. Great coaches have to know what they're talking about. They have to master the content. Great coaches have to show other people that you care. How do you show other people that you care? Well, you demonstrate to them that in the moment, they're the most important thing to you. Mm-hmm. And you know it, mm-hmm. and you can feel it. When you feel that, you're ready to walk to run through brick walls for other people. That's right. Absolutely. Right? And so this coaching revolution that says that you are a coach, you have a coach, you don't want to be coached, it makes me think of the greatest coach of all time, Nick Saban. Mm, I was going to say Steve Peterson. <laughs> Greatest football coach of all time. <laughs> there we go. Who says, who says it's about standards, buy-in, and chemistry. Standards, buy-in, and chemistry. And that chemistry starts with your mindset about the coaching revolution. We'll leave it here today with this one simple idea, and it also comes from Saban, and, and, and uh, I think the audience is starting to realize that I am from Mobile, the, the womb of greatness, the birthplace of Mardi Gras, where I learned early on that you could either sit on the sidelines or you could get in the parade. <laughs> and I decided early on to get in the parade. But here's what he said, and I'll leave it for you today. He said, we teach our players to play every play like it has a life and a history of its own. Hmm. We teach our players to play every play that has a life and a history of its own. And what we think, and we want want you to take away today, is that you have a life and you have a history. And and the people that you coach have the same thing. And the more that you can connect with the idea of you are a coach, you have a coach, or you don't want to be coached, and you'll be left behind, the more you can embrace that, the more success you'll have. That's good stuff. Hey, we're closing it down for today. It was a fast 25 minutes, and it's not a podcast. It's a... It's a quick cast. It's a quick cast, and if we don't like that, maybe we'll do a quicker cast. It's a car ride to and from work. This is the Go Consulting Podcast. Boom. Boom.